a seat to the bar and join us for another episode of McAnally's Pubcast, a podcast exploring the fun and fantastical mind of Jim Butcher's The Dresden Files series. Hosts Tansen, Jess, and Maggie bring you another round of literary analysis on this immense, immersive, and colorful environment inhabited by Harry Dresden, the world's only licensed private investigator and professional wizard. Join an active and engaged community of new and diehard dedicated fans focused on the fabulous themes, theories, characters, context, lore, and more. This is McAnally's Dresden Files podcast, brought to you by Free Flow Rambling. Conjure by it at your own risk. Welcome to the McAnally's podcast brought to you by Free Flow Rambling. This is episode 9.5, The Swing Vote, where we are covering the novel Summer Night. My name is Tanzan, and I'm joined by Maggie. Hello, hello. And Jess. Alpha. Thank you to our Patreon subscribers for your generous support. It's people like you who help us to do what we do. If you're not yet a Patreon subscriber, sign up today and get a fuck ton of bonus content, kick-ass merch, behind-the-scenes outtakes, and more. Sign up today at www.patreon.com slash freeflowrambling. Chapter 6 The Wizard Senior Council discusses the fate of Dresden. They decide to vote upon Dresden's mantle as a wizard, which will determine if they will yield to the vampire's demand. The senior council is split evenly with the vote of one remaining council member, the gatekeeper, who seems to have insight of Dresden's dealings with Mab. He opts to base his vote on Dresden's willingness to accept Mab's request. So, yeah, so we wrapped up at the end of the last one uh, with Le Fortier um, saying that... uh, uh, the Reds are, in fact, willing to sue for peace or whatever. Um, and, you know, Ebenezer being all like, oh, do they want to play the blood from all of us? And they're like, or is that Dresden or whoever sends it? Anyways, they want justice. They want what any one of us would want. He looks at Dresden. They want you. <laughs> Gulp. Me. At that. 48. Because basically, a guy has got to be like, a, take that or a bad Yeah, it was quite the, the shocker. <laughs> what? But yeah, yeah, he's like real good at the comeback there. Mm. <laughs> Duke Ortega is back, who we met just at the end of the last book, who's there just to witness all of Dresden's terrible crimes on behalf of Bianca and the Red Court, and who apparently pieced out pretty quick when things went hit the fan, because apparently he was still around to report it all. <laughs> so yeah, they're like, well, this is all Dresden's fault. Just give us Dresden. Everything will be fine. We'll call off the rest of it. <laughs> so... The cowardly side of the wizards, the part they're like, okay, let's just get, okay, that's fair. Dresden is the one that by his own report caused all this. So sure, let's just give him Dresden. Right. And there's the hostile portion, which is like Lafortier right there, who's just like, you're a criminal. Just outright states, like, just slams him. <laughs> yeah, basically, right. He's like, um, Dresden is considered a criminal by the Red Court, so they'll just extradite him to the, you know, and it's like, of course, everything by their count is that he's a criminal. Well, and I think even Dresden immediately says it here or whatever. He's like, or Ebenezer Smith. They're like, they basically orchestrated the whole thing. Like, like you know, like Dresden didn't actually do any. Like, again, if you read his report, you know, he did what any sane person would have done to try and save 
the regular human mortal innocence type, you know, he was trying to save Lydia, he was trying to save just the random snacks that were there, he was trying to save Susan, like, you know, and they basically set him up at every turn to... But yeah, Laforty and all of them are like, well, that doesn't matter. He still did it. And, you know, we can just basically, we can just end this right now. All we got to do is check him out. We don't really like him anyway. So it's yeah. like simple to them, right? So yeah. And the council seems pretty split on it. Like they're, they're polarized. They're... Yeah. And as Justin says, I think for good reason. So, I mean, obviously he's not real keen on this idea. <laughs> he doesn't want to be the sacrificial goat here. Um, but yeah, if, if, the, the council at large is kind of divided on this because, as he says, it would set a dangerous precedent, you know, if you just screw up and we're like, okay, you have no more governing body, no more sanctuary, no more protecting body. Like, we'll just, every time one of you does something, we'll just kick you out to the wolves to save our butts. Then, yeah, that's not what's the point of the council. It's to have this unifying place for wizards for... Um, you know, to have somebody to fight your enemies as a group and the whole whatever. Yeah, there's no protection anymore. There's no pro- yeah, it's like that's just every man for himself then, and that's just gonna set you back several hundred thousand years, whatever, you know, and so yeah, it's not, and I, I gotta say, I'm like, yeah, I, that would, you know, let's just throw everything out the window and let's just solve our problems by kicking you out the door. I'm like, well, great. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so it starts a huge debate on it. <laughs> well, and this, there's this moment in here, too, when Ebenezer is like, fucking, like, we don't, like, ditch each other when the going gets tough or blah, blah, blah. And yeah. uh, uh, the Merlin is like, politics are not games for children. Dresden played and was beaten. Time for him to pay the price. And, like, on the one hand, I kind of get what he said. I, I fully agree there, because, like, Dresden spent the entire grave peril being like, we're not going to a vampire party. That's obviously a trap. <laughs> and then he went to the vampire party, and it was obviously a trap. And then he got screwed, and it's like, yeah, well, you know what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and yeah, there is that too, right? Which is, I think, like you say, where the split comes down. Because if it was just as simple as throwing him to the wolves, then nobody would be. But again, if you look at it through this different angle, this different lens, this other perception of what's going on, then they do seem very reasonable. And they're like, well, we have this one thing that caused all these problems. So let's just cut out the bad apple and save the rest of the bunch. And you know, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's not. So luckily, Dresden, even though he didn't want to do his, his sucking up or whatever beforehand, he didn't have to by kind of just being who he was and not wanting to be that person. He already sort of won over Listens to Wind and, and Martha Liberty and that. So, um, yeah, it starts coming down to a, a, a situation of is he in the fold or not, basically, I guess. Right. Does Ebene- he count for their protection? Right. right. Ebenezer and Listens to Wind do come to Justin's defense, and Listens to Wind reminds Laforte that peace can't be bought, so handing him over would just, like, there's no point, which it's which he not gets a- confused, and, and Dresden <laughs> uses some some pretty heavy examples <laughs> with the, the loss of Native American land and Hitler in Europe. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hello. <laughs> and that's another great moment. He's like, he's talking about the Native American tribe, you dull. He's like, I figured Ebenezer would leave that up, but since everyone laughed, I guess not. <laughs> or I guess just the brown ribs were saying, you know, and it was like, well, you know, a translator has to take their job very seriously. You can't <laughs> trust a translator if they're just randomly changing things around and not saying what you're saying. So, on the <laughs> one hand, really, Ebenezer had no choice. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, but that whole Nelson Mandela um, speech from a few years back, or whatever, like, or, uh, I think it was at his uh, 
funeral, maybe, or just a thing I to don't remember think him. Nelson Mandela made a speech at his funeral. No, um, like whoever was making a speech, or whatever, like that, the translator they hired did not speak sign language, and so she was just doing random shit. Are you sweating? And no one, knew, no one realized because, like, obviously they don't do sign they language, right? But all these people at home were like, "What the fuck is happening right now?" Oh, I don't recall <laughs> hearing about that. I don't think that's really funny. Right? Oh my god! I see well, it all it the time not, though, where but... it's like police departments have to like apologize because they hire someone to do their like sign language but like obviously none of them could actually speak it so they're just like yeah sure this seems right right but they don't and then people call in when they see like a news conference and they're like um what the fuck is happening (laughs) on a slightly related note it was it was um subtitles uh my friend did editing for a video uh a fishing show and so he would insert snarky comments like host host is smarter than he looks (laughs) in in the subtitles Because he figured nobody is actually watching a fishing show with subtitles on, is what his thought was. It's funny. Except all us hard of hearing people that can't hear the TVs do turn them on all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, what did he say? What? See, I listen to subtitles. (laughs) I read subtitles while I listen to programs, no matter what, if I'm on YouTube or if I'm on blah, blah, blah. And YouTube ones are generally um, automated or whatever like that, but what they can hear. So there can be problems like that, but TV ones hire people to do it for. And you can always tell when they got lazy and it's just like, um, they can't like, keep up or yeah, when it is like, it's just, it's versus. like, I don't know. Like, it's like, you know, like the character says like 15 du- words and the subtitles just says like, Sarah yeah. says it's time to go outside. And really Sarah was like, oh my God, like we're going to be late for the bus. We need to get out there now. And it's just like, Sarah says go outside. And I'm yeah. like, mm-hmm. see some of that. Sarah said a think, lot more. <laughs> some of that though, I think is just to, because of course you can say it a lot faster than you can read it. I think it's just yeah. to keep up with the plot that it was like sometimes, because I have noticed that sometimes where Maybe, but I'm like, damn, I was like, if you were really hard of hearing, you're you missing the, half the story. It is. Yeah. It just mm-hmm. sort of gives you the gist on a lot of that. Cause I'm like, I just don't think they have the time to keep up or, you know, redo everything word for word. They'll be like halfway into the last scene and you're still Sarah's still explaining why she has to go outside you know it's like stuff. but anyways yes <laughs> for all you deaf people listening to our podcast <laughs> you're missing out on a lot of the story a lot of the story a whole lot also how's that transcriptions coming along there Jess <laughs> <laughs> episode one will be done any day now for sure <laughs> So Martha Liberty is the next to come to De- Dresden's defense and recalls that Dresden's status within the council is a, as a full, fully ranked wizard, so that he should be protected thusly. Yeah, because that becomes the next thing, right? Because Dresden's like, you know, or whoever, they're like, well, I'm a part of the council. So and they're like, well, are you really, do you deserve to be part of a council? Because we could just make you not part of the council and then that would easily solve this. Then we could in fact we'd be obligated to hand you over because we can't be harboring any fugitives and anybody that's gone against the accords we'd be obligated to hand you over and that that'll still solve our problem because that's the other thing right they're like well we can't protect anyone if we're dead you know and it's like I mean that just kind of is them anyways and I don't know if Butcher's like specifically laying it on here thick but I'm like you really especially from Lafortier and Merlin you get this huge cover your ass vibe that they are just being like completely cowardly. They're like, we don't, and I mean, on the one hand, I get you don't want a war with the vampires, especially, you know, these aren't the nice sexy whites or anything. These are the, you know, throat ripping out, baddie, gross looking reds here. Like they're monstrous monsters. They do bad things. None of it's cool. 
and it's like, yeah, I, I would see not wanting to have to throw yourselves. I don't think even as wizards and as powerful people and blah, blah, blah. I mean, you've got, you know, that many more people on the council that aren't as, because uh, obviously the senior council, that's the point, is they're the oldest, they're the biggest, they're the most powerful wizards, you know, but it's like, yeah, I get not wanting to throw down with these guys. It's still, it's it's just so, like, again, what is the point? Slimy. Like, what? Yeah, slimy. Yeah, it really is. It's just very, very, very cowardly. And they're like, because again, right? Like, Listens to Wind is like, yeah, we don't know that they're actually gonna, that this will actually end anything, right? Like, with those examples, it was like, sure, everybody tried to buy peace. It doesn't always work. It still just got swallowed up and eaten and everything. You know, you keep compromising, keep compromising. So on the one hand, you get like, you know, like all the time when like injustices go on the world, everyone's like, how come this government isn't sending forces? How come that government isn't sending forces, right? And on the one hand, you got to understand like, end of the day, it's not going to be like Justin Trudeau of Canada or Joe Biden of America or Boris Johnson. Are you still in charge by the time this episode comes out? (laughs) (laughs) The UK might not be, but um, um, it's not like, you know, like people always look at like, like really big high superpowers and they're like, are you going to go and do this? But at the same time, Boris Johnson, Joe Biden... Um, Justin Trudeau, they're not going to war. They're sending their people to war, yeah. right? So it's a little bit of like, well, do they decide to send like their entire country to war? Like they're like, whatever, um, blah, blah, blah. But in this case, it actually would be the Merlin going to war. He actually would be there at the front lines because he's the biggest, baddest magic user, right? Like he would have to yes. be there. You are the tank in yes. this situation, right? So it's a little bit different on that whole like, well, Ooh, should yeah. I send a bunch of like young little wardens out? No, like should I personally go to the front lines and like actually do some damage and like take out an entire castle or blah blah blah. And right? there is that too, like as many as they are and as large as the council is. I mean, again, they've said a bunch of people are missing, you know. But also, Dresden is like this is the most I've ever seen in one place. But it's still kind of you know one of the smaller theaters of this big convention center. That's like, yeah, they're not country sizes. They're, of. It's not a country sized right, and exactly, it's like you can't make wizards the way you can make vampires Mm -hmm. and things like that so yeah exactly it basically means everybody's gotta you know they're all part of this whether they like it or not and like you say the big guys don't get to just stay home behind their desks and order the troops Mm -hmm. around is they are gonna have to take a much more active role whatever that is whatever that is to participate and to to help ward against yeah this which big numbers and difference in numbers and that yeah which is another point about like it rained toads the day the council came is that most of the time when we talk about the council we kind of limit ourselves down to the senior council yeah we rarely need to talk about anyone else we've got a couple of wardens that we care about but mostly we only ever talk about the senior council as these books progress further but yeah like when we're doing the whole like um you know hot potato sort of thing right now where we're jumping between like Merlin and Harry and Ebenezer and everyone else up on the senior council. Like, you've got the entire room going, ooh, and aw, this entire time, right? Like, the whole auditorium is like, who the fuck is this kid? Right? And even though the dice seemed a little bit stacked against Harry in this moment, a lot of the people are actually agreeing with him. Like, if you were in this room right now, you've got the entire, like, Pokemon stadium all going, like, oh, at the same, you know, like, they're all playing a lot of Pokemon these days. We just brought it up, okay? (laughs) But, but, uh, it's not just everyone's cheering for the gym leader everyone's like holy shit like here's this like oh my god there's this underling here and we actually do agree with him and like and even like as we meet Ramirez later on in the series like we know a lot of the younger guys are team Harry they do think that you know like he was backed into a corner and like that's what we would have done too whereas the older guys are like you shouldn't have been backed into the corner in the first place dummy like you know well, and his whole experience with with Justin has put this sort of sour taste in in these uh, more senior wizards' t- mouths. When it comes to Dresden, like even Lefortier like accuses him of selling out Pe- um, Petrovich Petrovich because he was Justin's 
apprentice. As we learn, yeah, Petrovic yeah. trained Justin, Justin trained Harry. How did the vampires know Petrovic's fortress? Right, and this yeah. is, yeah, like, yeah, so it, it, in and of that, right, he's a little bit suspicious. Yeah, he's ar- he was already considered kind of a traitor by, uh-huh. by these, yeah. these big guys. He's already, and you know, again, from our perspective, Harry's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, I had no idea. He's like, Justin told me dick all. Justin didn't even tell me there was other wizards. Yeah, he didn't even know like another council. Right. Right. So, of course, to him, this is absolutely ridiculous. But again, from Lafortier's perspective, right, you don't know. How do you know that you weren't a willing participant in all of until you got caught and then you had to, oh, no, I'm so sorry. You know, like, it was self-defense, right? Like, this is the thing, you know, it's like... Yeah, Laforte really so. tries to spin it against him, where, where he he was cut, where he's like, "What? What the hell are you talking about?" He would even uses Dresden's reaction against him, like, "See, see what? Look, look yeah, what an well, asshole you are!" Because Dresden just laughs. Dresden's yeah. like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" And he just laughs. He's like, "See what contempt he holds us in," and it's like, "Dude, seriously!" Well, and I don't want to like, jump too far ahead in a story. We're gonna get there in the next couple of episodes. But um, at one point, Harry just needs to go decompress, and he goes to Murphy, and he just kind of does his whole like, you know. For our sakes, we get a lot of explanation, but for Harry's sake, he's just venting and, like, you know, like, right? And one of the things he mentions is, like, he'd actually been adopted with another girl, Elaine, and that Elaine and Justin turned on him and tried to kill him that night, right? Yeah. It's like, it's business whole thing, and she was, like, my first love, and it was all, like, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, like, Justin didn't even tell the council that he'd adopted Harry or Elaine, right? Like, they didn't even know until he killed Justin that he even existed or whatever like that, right? And so it's, like... You know, like, the amount of distrust that went on between the council, even before Harry ever even got here, you know? Like, for whatever reasons Justin had in the first place, he clearly wasn't, had his own reasons not to tell people shit, right? So it's like, like, you know, you get this indication that, like, you know, the council isn't exactly, you know, like, we all meet up for circle time and, like, share our problems. And it's weird <laughs> yeah. that you don't, right? Like, yeah. clearly shit wasn't so copacetic anyways before you got here, like. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing too, right, is that, you know, and I think a lot of what Harry's problem is, and rightly so, is that, again, like, he was 16 and stuff like that, and it's like, you all didn't know that he'd even taken this, right? So it was like, he didn't tell us about this, so he could obviously make us his, you know, little independent Stockholm Syndrome wizard army. Wizard army thing, exactly, you know what I mean? But it's like, yeah, you have to assume you're like, did Jesden really decide at 16 years old that he was going to or, you know, whatever, like, I'm sure you could have traced somewhere back, because obviously Justin must have had to legally adopt them somehow. They were in orphanages. He didn't just steal them away in the middle of the night. You know? I'm like, would you not look back at this and be like, hmm, one of our guys adopted these two kids, like, six years ago, never told us about them, never told them about us, apparently. Like, would that not shine a little more light on Justin, you know? Like, like at 10, was was Harry and Elaine scheming to be? <laughs> you just wait, we're gonna kill this guy in six years, Elaine, come on! <laughs> Point is, is that, like, they very quickly, like, the vampires try to throw Harry under the bus, quite frankly. <laughs> the um, vampires throw Harry under the bus? Vampires want to throw him under the bus, but the White Council also wants to throw him under the bus. <laughs> They're a little bit like the vampires in that way. Yeah. Which just comes with power. I mean, you're gonna get that from any sort of politician at any level, supernatural or not. <laughs> it really is the most convenient way to deal with it, for, it really on is, all yeah. sides. It's like, just just get rid of Harry. Yeah. Done. Which, yeah, I like Harry a lot, but I can see from their point of view, it is really easy, just convenient. Yeah. Like, uh, you're one guy, who the fuck cares? Yeah. This yeah. little annoying shit, let's just get rid of him. Go to war with the red vampires, or sacrifice or we you. Lose Harry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, like, mm, you weren't doing much for us to begin with, quite frankly. <laughs> yeah. And so that's the thing, right? You're not the it's next like, Wizard Einstein. So yeah, half of them that don't really know what's going on are like, well, if 
fight can avoid this whole war with just this guy. Okay. And then the other half were like, well, you don't know. It could be you next time. Yeah, right. Right. And then, yeah, exactly. There's the whole, um, you know, other side, like Ebenezer and Laforty, where it's like, you don't, or uh, listen to him really, you don't know for sure that's going to work. They're, they're telling you that now, but you know what? They're the bad guys. So handing him over and letting them eat him or whatever is still not necessarily, is still not a guarantee that they will hold up their end and leave everything be at that point. They could still decide, nah, he still started a war, we're going to finish it. Right. So and Dresden tries to stand up to himself, and that's where it, where you said before, where it comes up, like, do we set this precedence like this? Yeah. Because he, he didn't violate any of the laws of magic. So. Yes. Well, that's, that's another thing, claiming. though, is that we know for a fact that the White Council had a huge hand in eradicating the Black Court, because they're the ones who had um, Bram Stoker go and write this book, publish the and book. then they, like, made it, like, an international bestseller. They're like, <laughs> everybody figure out how to kill a Black vampire, and we're good. So it's a little bit funny that now they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We can't just go kill off all the red vampires, okay? Like, we did that once. It was a lot of hard work. We had to write a book, and then we had to get people to read a book. <laughs> you know how hard it is to get people to read in the 21st century? Like, we're not so going to war. Hard. Like, we're working on a deal with Audible, but it's not there yet. It's not there so, yet. You know, but... <laughs> so, like, you know, like, it is a little bit... It's like, it's not, like, the most impossible thing in the world. They've done it before, you know? I know, and that's the thing, like... That's weird about history and fictional or non-fictional and stuff like that. It's like, exactly. It's like, well, yeah, back in the day, you just, like, put together a horde and go take them out or whatever, you know, a lynch mob <laughs> or something. Yeah. And exactly, Torches. you know, <laughs> torches and pitchforks. And that was all. I'm like, apparently these peasants in, in France could go take out Come all on, these guys, werewolves. let's do the crusades one more but time. Now, <laughs> yeah, but it's like, but now that you are so much more global and whatever, now it's like, oh, it's so much work to get, like, you know, like, sure. All this red tape. You know, now it's... It's like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, again, it's all that global media or something like that. It's just so much more in your face. You can't just, like... Yeah, I'm like, on the one hand, it should be easier, but on the other hand, apparently, it's so much harder. On the one hand, I get it. On the other hand, this is, like, 2002, 2003. We don't have smartphones yet. You're still good for, like, another three years. Like, <laughs> do whatever you want, there, wizards. There will be nobody whipping out their phone to record. Yeah, I'm like, this. you don't know it yet, but you've only got a couple more years to go crazy. <laughs> Come on, Merlin, jump on it now. Now is your opportunity. Like, changes happens in roughly 2011, I think it is. And so, clearly, we got smartphones in 2011. So it's like, you guys are, like... Like, you're really, like, you really dragged this shit out. Like, you could have <laughs> finished them all in a year just by being crazy, but now you're... <laughs> yeah. Now we've got social media, and you can't just go around killing random guys on the street. <laughs> Although maybe it is slightly a numbers game, too, that, you know, a few thousand years ago, there were a lot less wizards, but there were a lot less vampires. And like you say, you can propagate the vampires a lot faster than you can propagate the wizards, so maybe that's why. Maybe the Red it, Court is just much harder to was, destroy yeah, than the Black was, Court was. That too, maybe they were just more on par, that it was a little bit easier to take out, whereas now, if everything's gone exponentially... They're like, seriously, all it takes is garlic? Let's fucking do this! <laughs> Pizza for everyone! Lefortier motions to vote if Dresden's status as a wizard in, in the council is valid. Yeah, so that's basically what they decided it comes down to, is if he's actually can legally still get to be part of the council or not. Yeah. Where he says, I remind the council that his appointment to his stole was a de facto decision based on circumstantial evidence. He's never stood trial, never been judged worthy by his peers. So I kind of wondered if this is like, was because Dresden's first trial for killing Dustin, was he elevated to the level of wizard for the white council to judge judge his actions? Is it kind of like being a juvenile tried tried as an adult? I'm thinking that must be part of what it is. 
is that exact like on the one hand yeah specifically for that totally but on the other because again this is the first time this is sort of laid out for us this way so it must have been like basically it was like I'm, I'm guessing it must have been like you know when they decided that okay fine we'll give it to him in self-defense then they're like well dude's got to be a wizard because there's no way he could have done it otherwise like justin obviously was i mean i don't do do we know you're the timeline queen jess um was justin in his first regular normal timeline was he just a 40 50 year old man or was he like 150 hundreds Okay, so Justin obviously had been around well long enough to hone, and, and he was. I mean, we think we've already stated before now, I think we've been given the impression that he knew his shit, mm-hmm. you know? So there's sort of no question that way. So yeah, so I think in order for Harry to have had any realistic hope, they're like, well, obviously he must have enough power and be able to do something with it, right? So um, I guess that's sort of where they're coming, that they basically just were like, well, if we're going to find you guilty, or that means you have to be a, you know, because somebody that doesn't have enough power or know-how. For the record, like, chance. Morgan is, like, 150 right now. Yeah, like, I knew Morgan was, yeah. but I didn't remember offhand where yeah. Justin came into the... Oh, yeah, did they train together or something? No, but... No, okay, <laughs> but yes. So, yeah, so I know it was a little slightly surprising for me, and especially just to the way he says, like, you never had. I'm like, so apparently, I guess he didn't have to go through, like, I guess he sort of audited the wizard course, I guess, is that <laughs> what we get out of this? Because apparently from this, he's like, well, you never, everybody else obviously must have to do testing. And again, he sort of alludes to this in a few chapters when he's talking to somebody else or whatever, right? Um, but yeah, I guess you have to sort of prove your powers and display and whatever to the to and the council for them to judge and rank and accept whatever. Wouldn't he have done that with Ebenezer after? Because Ebenezer took over his training. Yeah, but that's what I'm of, saying is I guess they just... I, I, it was one of those things almost like where like you can just challenge the test rather than actually take... audited them. Yeah, because yeah, right. like, clearly yeah. like for you to have killed Justin in this way, you clearly have got the shit. Like, <laughs> I guess we don't need to go back and teach you how to do like a light a match spell. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like... You just burn him and his entire house to the ground. I think he got that one covered. Yeah. Moving on, right? So I guess that's what... Because, yeah, because I was like, what do you mean he went through no trial? His whole experience was a trial. Uh-huh. But apparently it was not a trial of his Trial peers. by fire versus... <laughs> right? Um, of his actual abilities and yeah. skill level, I guess, yeah. is what they bypassed, right? So, mm-hmm. Yeah. That fancy private school education of a wizard. I guess. They really try to kill you. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I guess the stole's kind of, yeah. I, I, at first I was a little confused by the word stole. Oh, yes. Like a first stole. Yeah. You two are completely useless to me because you don't read anything good in the world. But people out there who have read the Lemony Snicket series, specifically the secondary series that came out, all the wrong questions. Please, if any of you have heard about it, come onto the Discord and talk to me about it. Because, like, the way it explains it all there, Lemony Snicket, you guys know it, right? Like, Lemony Snicket isn't, like, a real we, author. We read but a character. events. Yes. He's the character, author, investigator who writes the series of unfortunate events. All the wrong questions is like his like personal journal about his own childhood and stuff like that. And in that world, uh, VFD, Volunteer Firefighter Department, is this whole secret organization. In order to get to the organization, you're basically kidnapped as a child and brought there and you're raised to be like the perfect detective. And then you go on to become part of this secret Volunteer Firefighter Department, blah, 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 blah. It's very much in the way like they're raised to be like, you know, like totally like, you know, like, like. Lemony Snicket says in one of the books or something that, like, one of the biggest tests is, like, 
like a teacher goes and locks himself in a cabin and they leave clues like leading up to it the whole time and then the students have to like race to find him and then get cabin or whatever like that. Lemme Snicket broke into his office, found the location coordinates of the cabin, told all of his classmates and the entire classmate was already at the cabin when the teacher showed up. <laughs> well before any of the clues or anything had been released yeah. or anything like that and they were like begrudgingly had to give it to him because that's part of the that's test or whatever like it, that, yeah. right? It's just one of those things where it's like they're legitimately like throughout his entire childhood they were like legitimately throwing them off of cliffs and like throwing them in the middle of the woods and like trying to actively <laughs> kill them because that's how you become the best detective in the world is to have been literally fighting for it the whole time. So it's like yeah. Harry, it's like they literally were like, okay, we're throwing you well, off this cliff. We kidnapped you as a child and now we figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> like, great. Like, Justin already did all that, so I guess. Yeah, at that <laughs> point they're like, oh, it's like, we don't need to do any, you know, um, um, sterilized, safe, try to kill you tests. It's like, that was just in your life growing up to this yeah. point. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's like how, how Harry Potter got to be an honorary or even though he didn't ever go attend his last year of school, because they're like, okay, you killed Voldemort, I guess you can be an horror. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> Fine, we won't make you do the OWLs. Pretty much the same thing, <laughs> yeah. exactly, right? <laughs> No. Oh, no one told me I had to kill Wizard Hitler just to skip my fucking exams. <laughs> right? Exactly. You mean there was an easy way to do it? Yeah. <laughs> Break a dragon out of Gringo? I studied all night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so anyways, yes, I guess that's basically they just fast-tracked him. And, but again, here the Lafortiers and the Merlins and stuff like that are like... Because he's like, with my duel to the death not proof enough, and he's like, well, technically, like, he died, but how do we know he didn't just burn him in his bed, right? Actually, so like, those credits aren't transferable to, like, wizard council, <laughs> exactly, so. so... You're good enough for an American wizard, but for us high council elites over in Europe? Uh-uh. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, this is where that debate is still raging on, and where, you know, I guess, explains to us more, even though we've heard Harry grumble about it for the last three books, now we're seeing more from the council and its side of where it sits on things and where half of them are like, yeah, okay, you are, but we don't really accept that you are. It was all kind of weird. And, yeah. But more to that point that it's, it's as much as that's an argument from the senior council. It was non-traditional graduation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but just more to the point, though, is that you've got a whole room of wizards that are not quite as rigid in that belief. Like, it's it's hard to imagine because none of them have any speaking parts, but you've got an entire room that is very much like the ooh and ah on both sides. Yes. They're, it's This isn't just Harry versus the senior council. You've got an entire room of wizards right now that have been yes. like, hey, we're on Harry's side. No, we're not. Like, and, and that's the thing, right? And he does mention, you know, a bunch of these younger apprentices and stuff like that. That are there. And there's another interesting comment here when they get going where Ebenezer is like, you expect the youngest wizard to, right? And you're like, oh, so basically nobody else. I mean, again, it's only been a few years. Well, it's been a decade or so for Harry from 16 to now because he's, you know, we've had a couple of years since the start of the books, right? So he's, Or roughly 25, 26 right now, yeah. It's been like a decade since Justin and his ascension to the council or whatever. Doom of Damocles. So it just means that apparently there haven't been a whole lot of people in the intervening, which is, to me, a decade is a fair chunk of time, but I mean, okay, it's not super long, but it's a little bit surprising. Like, is this just speak to um, their level of standard that nobody else has yet been admitted? Does this speak to 
um, the scarcity of, you know, the wizarding bloodline, that they're not just, you know, popping up every year with a bunch of new people coming in, or... But I just found that a little bit interesting. I mean, unless he's speaking in a very, very general yeah, sense. Yeah, I don't think that but. he meant Harry was, like, legitimately the youngest. I think he more meant one of the youngest, you know, of okay. people who are relevant. He is the youngest, of you know? <laughs> yeah. But at this and it questions his legitimacy right. because yeah. of that. But, because throwing the age thing in. Yeah. On top of that, true. But on top of that, you know, if you've got... 500 years to reproduce you don't need to be having kids in your 30s you know like, this is also true but you know so okay yeah. anyways but yeah so this is where they basically say they're like okay let's let's vote if he's really a wizard and that is where and they just jump right to it like merlin and laforty are like okay he, let's figure this out right now A's for this nay is for that let's go and, and ebony's whoa, 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 whoa hang on and i love who's like as a member of the senior council for all of 10 minutes I would like <laughs> But he's like, I would like to invoke my right as a member of the senior council. And I think this is, you know, again, like where Harry takes a breath and is like, or yeah, because Harry says to me about doing the whole proper try. He's like, it's um, not possible or at least impractical, right? Because he's like, it's going to take forever to verify all of the events that went down in Grave Peril and sort this out, right? And they're like, yeah, we don't have time for that. We're just going to vote you out. Um, and then same thing, Ebenezer's like, whoa, 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 not fair, like, most of these people don't, like, everybody's just, and, and I totally get that, I mean, it's kind of like a world politics thing, you know what I mean? It's like, shit's happening, what do you guys all think? It's like, well, obviously, I think this is terrible, but maybe there's so much more of it that I don't understand, that, like you say, you know, I'm like, well, obviously, every other country in the world should jump in and do what's right and stand up for, and you're like, yeah, but then there's this, and then there's that, mm -hmm. and if they do this, then someone can do that, and exactly, you know, it's like, do I suddenly want them bombing, like, city, you know? I'm like, not really. <laughs> like, but I also don't want to sign up for the draft. So, I don't, you know, like, exactly. It's like, I want to stand up and say, hey, this isn't right. Our country should do something. But again, I'm like, I don't want to be the one that invites it onto my doorstep for everybody else, mm -hmm. right? So this is the thing, right? But, um... Well, this is the thing here. Like, Ebenezer says... Merlin's got three plans to take you down. Yes. I'm going to help you with the first. I can kind of help you with the second one. The third one's going to be all you. Yeah. Here we are. Here's voting time. This is number one. Yeah. And this is the thing exactly right. And Harry's like, oh, shit. I get so it. Because yeah, he's really like, his I, first play. I probably would have been dead. Like, if this had gone to a whole... Because you're right. Not And, and you know, he says it very succinctly or whatever. He's like, um... Um, he's like, I want to make it just the senior council alone. And Merlin's like, on what grounds? He's like, on the grounds that there exists a great deal of information about this matter, of which the council at large is unaware. It would be impractical to attempt to explain it all. And thankfully, because he's got Injun Joe and Martha Liberty there, you know, they're like, okay, yeah. And I'm like, really, it does make, like, it's still, you know, at first glance, Harry doesn't have a lot to work with here, you know. But exactly, it's like a bunch of scared whatever it could very easily have gone even the ones that were sort of rooting for harry and on harry's side that don't want to set this precedence they still might have you know again you're pressured to go with the mm -hmm. group good you know majority rules or whatever right like so um yeah <laughs> so i have a, a bit of a random side note <laughs> so i have noticed it for the most part um you guys avoid calling him Injun joe even though up to this point in the books he's basically mostly re uh, referenced as Injun Joe. <laughs> and and I was curious about the reason why you guys are keep on Honestly, because I feel like you did it. I feel like you always refer to him as listens to win. So then I'm like... I didn't. I stopped doing it because you guys were. That is so funny. 
this is is this one of those like projection mirrors like okay like the thing where it's like the two miners come out of the um out from work at the end of the day and one of them's like pretty scruffy and dirty and one of them's generally clean and they're like hey see you later see you tomorrow have a good night and the clean one goes over to the pump and like washes himself off and the dirty one just goes straight home it's like do you know why this is no. So the clean one is looking at the dirty one and thinking like, oh, we've both been down in the mines all day. I probably look pretty dirty. I should go and clean up before I go home. And the dirty one is looking at the clean guy and goes like, oh, he looks pretty clean. I mustn't be that bad. I've been down in the mines with him all day. I'm good to just go home. I'm like, I think, because I swear, I remember, because I was going to refer him out a few times, and I'm like, oh, I swear, Tanzan, I've never heard. Because I was going to say, for those that don't know, uh, Tanzan actually does have the closest Native American to all. I mean, apparently I'm, I, I'm do, I do way, way back as well, but mine is far more removed than yours. Your mother was directly. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, exactly. So I think it's So I'm like, are we doing the whole like super sensitive thing? Like where we don't want to, you know, cause I'm like, I, I do. Cause I don't want to. Yeah. Cause I'm I like, do just I, listens to wins. Cause I'm like, I just keep it simple and easier for I, me. I, I don't. But at the same time, right. I'm like, I do feel, and we discussed it a little bit. I think when he was introduced that they poke fun at it. Right. right. Cause he's like, Oh, the crazy redneck hillbilly doesn't, you know, knows that he's not, he has to call me like uh, Native American Joe now, right? And I'm like, yeah, again, I get that that's just sort of the <laughs> joke in calling him. But yeah, I was like, I've never like taken a, because again, to me, that was sort of giving the permission that they laughed it off that it, like Indian Joe's okay with it. So we've said before, though, that both mom and my introduction was much more through the audiobooks because mom used to just play it around the house or whatever like that. Like, yeah, like, just like on no cleaning choice. days or whatever like that. Like we always played audiobooks, right? So for me, growing up, before I ever actually read it, I thought he was Engine Joe, and I didn't get it. I just didn't understand what the reference was. I love that, Engine Joe. I just thought it was Engine Joe, and I couldn't figure out. I was like, why do they call him that? I don't get it at all, blah, blah, They have never, I mean, the only car they've mentioned is McCoy's, like, (laughs) ancient four. It just, it didn't make sense to me, and it was like, I, like, I probably, it was like several books deep, like, not even, like, when we meet him now. It took a while for me to be like... I get it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, wait. So it's just easier for me to listen to wind anyways, because I'm just like, I don't know. Like, listen to wind is a lot easier to hear. <laughs> I was there's, curious. There's a lot less to confuse yeah. it with that way. I'm like, yeah. no, I can tell what those, yeah, that's funny. Yeah. yeah, so that was honestly why I just, I felt like it was a thing where like, Also more PC, avoiding. I'm safe, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, I kind of sometimes use the word Indian, Indian like like a reclaiming, kind of like, you know, the, mm-hmm. the queer yeah, like it's sort of a re- 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 you're allowed reclaiming to say it. it. It's like yeah, like, but part of reclaiming, I not being sensitive enough, and <laughs> part of reclaiming is only that you can use it. I still can't use it. <laughs> yeah, like reclaiming isn't so that everybody can use it again. It's so only so that you can use it. Like for example, like my coworker is indigenous, and she specifically says she prefers the term indigenous and only the term indigenous, right? As like, opposed to Native American. As opposed to Native American. When I was in America. Um, a guy there was like, oh, you're from Canada? I love Canada because they refer to us as Native Americans, and I think that's so much more respectful than here in America where they just call us indigenous. And I'm like, what do you want? (laughs) (laughs) But obviously everyone has their own thing. Some gay people like queer and some still don't, right? It's just like, you know, like it's different generationals and different um, culture. Like your people, whether or not you're part of the LGBTQ might still like, but your friends like it and your other friends don't like, you know, like it's just yeah. things like that. It's just like, personalized. For me, it's personally, it's like, if I call him listens to wins, I'm good, I'm done. That's his name. <laughs> Leave me alone. I just like, I want to be as PC as possible. Call you by your name. I'm good. I guess. <laughs> yeah. 
So cool. All right. That is funny. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say it's kind of like with your family, where it's like you can like badmouth your family, but if somebody else badmouths your family, you're like, oh no, you didn't. <laughs> yeah, it's like that's my sister. I can complain about her because she's my sister and she did that to me. But you better not say yeah. anything bad about my sister. It's like these are my words or my heritage or my thing, but you all can't. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. So, anyways. So back to the the voting portion. And, and thank you for your input on that. I, 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 yeah. I appreciate that. Was funny. Kind of, that was funny. That way it was. It was like, well, I did it because you're doing it. Well, I only did it because you're doing it. It was like, well, I don't know. So ah! the Merlin immediately votes against Dresden keeping his stole. And, and so, so, so bear, <laughs> Weird. Yeah, bear with so me on this because I, I used to be in a sorority. And I, I keep thinking of how they, they um, sort of conduct this meeting. S- sounds like Robert's Rules to me. Um, it's, it's just a, a, a methodology for, for holding meetings. And as, as like a, the president, the person presiding over the meeting, as a general rule, like if it's a small group, you, the, the, the president can have their own opinion and have their own vote. But if it's a, it's a large function like a lot like say 100 people or more the president is really held accountable and not supposed to have an opinion that sways the vote or not so, uh. supposed to actually express a vote unless it's absolutely necessary so the so, tiebreaker or whatever so the fact that he goes first the, the fact that he just starts right off the bat and like well and if he the says Merlin thinks so clearly I totally influences everybody total influence like, what yeah. a giant jackass I've <laughs> never heard of Robert's Rules before, but I like that. Yeah. Yes. It's yeah. a little bit like um, um, in America, like the vice president only votes if there's a tie to be broken. Yeah. Otherwise, they don't get to be in charge or they don't get to be part of um, the vote. I was going to say, I hadn't thought of it in quite those. Like, I, I've heard of Robert's Rules mentioned before, like when you brought it up. I was like, oh, yeah, but I don't know it well enough. Mm-hmm. And, and that never was sort of my line of thinking with this. But I mean, I know well, there it's was. A, it's a huge abuse of it power. Is. Well, well that's yeah, saying, yeah. But I was like, there has always been a bit in the back of my mind where it was like, yeah, like, shouldn't, like, you know, whatever the other people go, like, don't you normally wait? Like, don't you, you think like, other this? people are about to have a debate that you should listen to before you vote? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that too. Let's just vote. Whatever, He's an asshole. You know? He's got but, but exactly just that whether that's exactly where it comes yeah. from or wherever yeah. yeah that is just sort of the, the etiquette normally is that like you say that person waits until whatever's had their I've say. never heard of Robert's Rules I like that a lot well you should look them up maybe there's a lot you'll like I'm sure you can come back no. next week one thing like, is good this enough part, this part this part is good the rest of it is all garbage one fact about someone is good enough that's <laughs> what so, so Lafortier immediately supports Merlin's vote and yes because he's just kind of a douchebag, and also you get that he's a little bit of a tag-along, which is kind of what we're saying, why the Merlin doesn't get brown to have the first her. vote, because <laughs> you Skeletor kind of douchebag, you. I forgot that's how they describe That's how they describe it. He's, he's, like, he's like, he's the skinny, bald, bulgy-eyed, like he's basically a walking skeleton with 48. Oh. oh, interesting. That's not what I picked up. Go back and read his description. I know, I always forget that a lot when I do, but then it's like when I stop and think about it, I'm like, I yeah, you're some guy. Pretty in- some extra in the back of a TV show. He doesn't matter. Right. No. I, I, I kind of sometimes like. check out when it comes to when the, the characters are described. Like, oh, I don't same. really care if he's got blue eyes. and yeah, that, That's freckles, true. Like, we all kind of... Until they I've start got my coming own back, I don't yeah. give a fuck what you look like. I, I have a hard enough time keeping track of the names, let alone I, what they look like. Come on, that's like I fucking like um. Ooh, what's his name? Ooh, that greasy See? little names are hard to figure out. Greasy little weasel from Harry Potter. I want to call him Mudblood, but that's not his name. <laughs> 
Malfoy? No! Draco. Which? No! Mundungus. Oh, Mundungus. Mundungus. I had the clearest picture of Mundungus in my head. Like, every time I read the books, I was like, I knew this guy so much. Yeah. And he wasn't cast in the movies until the very last one, I think. Yeah. So for a long time, it was literally, I only had my memories picture to do him. As soon as the movie came out, I've never been able to picture it again. I've only ever had the actor now. And I'm like, fuck, I uh, know I had something, but ever since I've seen part one <laughs> Harry Potter, definitely not Hall, the same one. It's, no, it was yeah. fully different. Like, they, like, cast him as, like, this bald, short, blah, blah, blah. And in my head, it was like, Chubby, wait, yeah. I don't know. Like, like a little I don't know what I, I don't remember what I pictured anymore. I don't remember. I've only got what they've had on the movies now. He <laughs> looked like, um, frickin' now I forgot his, um, the photographer from Stormfront. Yes. This. You had him more as a little ferret-faced, weaselly rat guy like that. That's what I said. Weasel face. Yeah. Mud okay. <laughs> Mundungus. Mundungus. Okay. Lafortier was an emaciated man of medium height and build. His cheekbones stood out grotesquely from his sunken face, and his bulging eyes looked a couple of sizes too large. Gross. He had no hair at all, not even eyebrows, and on the whole, Great. it gave him a skeletal look. When he spoke, his voice came out in a resonant basso, deep and warm and smooth. So Why he, does he look like that? So he's that? the Slender Man. He's a yeah, sure. skeletor. Yeah, like, it sounds like like necromancy project. Like, <laughs> yeah. Raised him. Like, Sorry if you look like that in real life. <laughs> <laughs> so the Merlin voted, and oh, that yeah, is so a big say. piece of shit move going first. Yeah. That's totally. And Lafortier barely lets him get. You know the breath finished. He's like, me too, me too, me too. I totally vote yeah. that way. That's that's I'm I do same reasons. Yeah, exactly. Fortunately, Ebenezer votes uh, to keep Dresden Stoll, and so does Injun Joe and Martha Liberty. Yes, and she has a good point. You know, she's like, this is not a solution. It's merely an action. She's like, we need to find something more than just this immediate reactivity to the situation or whatever. Right. Also, I like when at the end of this, Harry says. Harry three, bad guys too. Like, <laughs> you literally fight legitimate bad guys every day. This morning, someone tried to shoot at you, and you're like, <laughs> yeah. Merlin the Fortier, bad guys. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yes, they are against you right now, but like, and again, p- the stakes are throwing you to the wolves, so that is pretty bad. But still, it seems a little over dramatic. Like, you need to stop mixing your metaphors. The stakes are throwing you to the wolves. Is that a metaphor? Mixed metaphors. <laughs> I huh. make them it's better. It's not even always metaphors that she's mixing. It's just, just like random phrases. Of- <laughs> I just say stuff and everyone goes with it and it becomes one, okay? <laughs> this is what's wrong with language today, you kids in your... You just throw anything out there and it becomes all warped. But really, that's any language ever. Yes, true. So As long as I get a viral TikTok moment. It's, <laughs> gonna be, it's in the books. Oh, see, will that make your day? You have yet to get Jim Butcher to like one of your tweets. Darn. You're not up there yet. I don't think you've oh, ever no. tagged him. No, I'm trying not to annoy him. <laughs> so, but the other ones you apparently annoyed liked your posts. So. Okay, that's on my personal Twitter account, not our... Oh, oh I'm our, not saying the McAnally's McAnally's one. McAnally's one. I, I was talking about your oh, personal. <laughs> oh, on my personal, sure. I'll try to get Jim Butcher, but he doesn't use social media. All the yeah. other ones do. Oh, okay. For anyone out there, the entire cast of Critical Role and all of their guests have all liked at least one of my posts at some point, some of them multiple times. Nice! If you've been on Critical Role, you've liked one of my tweets. It's amazing. <laughs> that's awesome. Nice. I've got, like, Oh my gosh, I was freaking out the other day at work. Abria Iyengar liked like three of my tweets in a row. And I was like, oh my god, I love you so much. <laughs> we are be best friends now. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. 
Yeah, so Ebenezer basically, he's like, well, I've lived with this young man. He's a wizard. And Injun Joe is like, yeah, well, my raccoon likes him. I, I get a sense of his character. <laughs> this guy's good. And Martha Liberty's actually like, okay, well, also, this isn't really, <laughs> like, a proper solution. Like, yeah, okay, he's okay. But on the whole, with the actual issues, also not cool. So, yeah, so he's kind of getting his whole scope there, right? Um, and then, yes, Ancient Mai. Uh, she ties it up by, by voting against him. Yeah, and she has slightly different reasons, right? She blatantly misusing his status. So she doesn't like that he's out in the open and stuff like that. She thinks he, like, flaunts around and, and abuses his power or doesn't do what he should. You know, he doesn't act like a prim and proper wizard or whatever. So she's just like, I just don't like his methods. He's not traditional. <laughs> so that's part of hers. Okay, so, old man, get out the way. I was going to say, like, you'll die one day, but they live so long. That really sucks. He's got it. It's a yeah. big problem with the Wizard Council. I mean, these guys are going to die sooner than, you know, at least Harry's way down here. And then, you know, ancient Mai is presumably <laughs> ancient. <laughs> so, you know, in the It's really funny. They just things. started calling her that when she was, like, 80, though. And it's like, <laughs> we're going to call you this for 400 more years. Oh, damn. <laughs> we learn later on that ancient Mai actually, like, she spends most of her time with, like, her like next 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 generation children like her entire family for like 400 years has been taking care of her like living with her because like you know like are you sure I yes remember that being ancient my i thought it was ancient my i could martha wrong. liberty is oh still, is it martha liberty martha liberty is still in touch Ooh. with all her family and they know okay. and then it's like lucio is like sort of far removed because that's kind of what they Darn. get to okay. at some point is that some wizards sort of stay within the family in generation after generation after they they know they have a 400 year old auntie martha right whereas like in lucio's family or whatever is like you just kind of eventually grow up and move on and she's got great great well i don't think she ever had children of her own so not grandchildren but she's got you know nieces and whatever ancestors 15 generations down the line or whatever i have no idea who she is or that she's still alive or that she's you know connected to them kind of a thing it might be martha liberty yeah sorry no i was gonna say i was like because i could see then in ancient Mai's case where yeah like the very first generation was like ancient grandma and now like 400 years later they're still like ancient grandma (laughs) (laughs) yeah no that's pretty sure martha liberty so anyway So we're left with the most anticipated answer from the last council member. An extremely thin and tall man of seven feet, the gatekeeper. Taller than even Harry. Not as thin as LaFortnie, though. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, sorry, when Harry turns to this guy, he's like, this whole time I've been so distracted, I like barely even noticed this other seven foot figure (laughs) on the stage. You're a detective. I'm like, (laughs) granted, he was at the end of the stage. I'm like, I don't know, are you standing like right under, like, is this like an actual like theater, theater stage with like the curtains pulled back at the edges or something? Auditorium. But yeah, I feel like, again, when you've got like Ebenezer's not outrageously tall, he's like under six feet tall. Listens to Win is under six feet tall. Ancient Mai is a tiny old lady, so she's, you know, possibly under five feet tall not under six foot you know and exactly right like harry's always making such a big deal that how at like six eight six nine you know he's like this nba nba size guy that you know people and i'm like you don't notice the other guy that's actually taller than you like was he sitting down and then stood up and was no he's on the stage they're all standing at these podiums on the stage right so exactly and, and this, you're a detective, even if he was sitting down on the stage. Was in, and I, and this is what I was saying to Jess on the way here, too, because we're about to get to it in a couple more pages. I believe it is still within yeah, this yeah, chapter. Yeah, still in this chapter. But um, um, the the ancient Mai's guy gets brought in, and they're like, oh, these people like drove by and dumped him out of a car. And Harry's like, did you get the license plate? And, they, and I'm like... 
detective. You, yeah, yeah, I was like, so these guys that are the wardens, they didn't get the license plate of the car that unexpectedly drove by and dumped something. Like, this is, you know, yeah. they're at this meeting. They're not expecting this shit to happen or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, you're all pissed off because they didn't get the license plate of a speeding car. I'm like, you literally have been in this room for like 20 minutes, half an hour, an hour, however long this point of the conversation. And you didn't notice the giant man standing at the end of the stage. I'm like, just how, you know, like blended in are these cloaks that they have? Yeah. <laughs> It's like... It's like they're Big they're really like um, watching. Yeah, it's like they're really uh, camouflaging. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's like you know, like oh, it makes you look really slimming or really you know. Apparently, you put these wizard cloaks on and you just like disappear. Yeah. Essentially, you all just blend into the background. You just look horribly average. Uh, yeah, <laughs> hey, no attention to the seven foot tall man behind the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> Been sitting quietly, standing next to like at the end of. Because I always picture yeah. at the end of like. Because it's always, like, say you say the Merlin's in the middle, and then, like, Le Fortier is, like, next to him or whatever, and then so I have, like, Ancient Mai is on that side, and then you've got, like, Martha and Ebenezer and Injun Joe, and then they're, like, he was at the far left of the stage, too, so you're, like, always picture that, like, that he's on their side of it, right? You've literally got... Um, Mai and, and LaFortier and the Merlin are all their side and then everybody else is always like he's even on the side of like the people that you're like allied with and are like paying the most attention <laughs> that are like fighting for, I'm like you're looking at Injun Joe and you don't like little Injun Joe that again is like five and a half feet tall and you don't notice the seven foot giant standing beside him while he makes this I can't point. see past that <laughs> who's there <laughs> like I don't know it's like mm. I, I, Anyways. I love the gatekeeper's response. Like, it's so mystic and, <laughs> and just priceless. It rained toads this morning. A baffled yeah. silence followed. <laughs> it became, a moment later, a baffled mutter. <laughs> gatekeeper, <laughs> the Merlin said, his voice more urgent. How do you vote? <laughs> With deliberation. <laughs> yes, that's a fantastic line. And I do love the way Barsters reads this, too, because he does it, and they're like, gatekeeper, what say you? Or how do you vote? And he's like, um, oh, yeah, what say you? And he's like, it rained toads today. <laughs> like, it's just the way Marsher does. He does, like, this low, you know, like just like this, like, okay. <laughs> Old man speaks nonsense. Man. More at 11. <laughs> but I do love how, like, even the Merlin and everybody are, like, you know, I mean, this is such a very, like, wizardy thing to say. You know, probably, like, Harry's talked about, you know, playing up to the expectations before of, like, steepling his fingers in, like, a wizardly fashion for, like, Monica's cells or, like, you know, putting on the robe or wearing the hat or something. Smelling to, you know, Susan's perfume. They just expect you to be, all, yeah, but it's like, this isn't even the, the Merlin is like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, to be fair to everyone else, most of us, when we go to a conference, you know, you've got to get there the night before, check into the hotel, drive in in the morning. You might have seen the toads. Wizards, though, who can step through the never-never, they all just got here right now for this. They didn't need Me. to be here this morning, right? So a lot of them Although probably we, did miss the raining toads. The ra yes. <laughs> but I know, it's not just a phone. But I think I'm like, it's a, this is also such a wizardy thing to say, you would think maybe this would have some import. Like, you'd think maybe the Merle and all people would be like, oh, shit, really? Oh, damn, I did, did you guys know? Fuck, yeah, how come that matters <laughs> you know what I mean they're like but everybody is just like what okay. old man speaks old man uh, speaks or whatever and he's not even that old. so yeah they're like he's not even that old what do you mean he's not even that old we're dealing with 400 year old people right now oh yeah okay but I meant like I don't think the, the gatekeeper necessarily in comparison to the other people in the council oh right it's not like he's a thousand and they're like 400 or whatever I take like, him I, to be one of the oldest or at least one of the vaguest. I, yeah, definitely <laughs> well, one that. of the vaguest. But I, like, I'd say like the Merlin Ancient Mai and the Gatekeeper are, would be like the three oldest. I think, okay, but 
Ebenezer's turned it down a whole bunch. So he could have been on oh, there a lot. also be old, but still. <laughs> They're all Thank really you. old. <laughs> okay, most of them, yes, granted to get on, because again, it takes 400 years for them to die. Positions don't open up very fast. I get it. <laughs> so you mentioned something about he wants to hear what the word return uh, with the messenger, what, what the messenger has to say, sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is and also, then, again, like, what? what? Yes, so. It, I will not cast my mess- vote until a messenger speaks, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, all right, old man. <laughs> and then the meeting's yeah. conveniently interrupted by a pair of wardens with uh, some... Wardens dragging in some bitch. Yeah. <laughs> messenger, I mean. To this, the absent courier to the Winter Queen. Yes. Yeah, like, so that's some, some amazing timing. <laughs> to what? To, this is the other thing like, I was saying huh. to Jess, right? So, again, no offense, Tanzan, you probably don't really remember a lot about the gatekeeper or the role he's played. Not at in. all. Okay. <laughs> so, um, you know, those of you that do will know. So, I'm just like, is this part of um, his duties, powers, whatever, that he sort of has this sense of what's going on. I'm like, or is he just, like, a little bit, like, psychic and, like, pressure or whatever? Like, we do meet sort of a smaller character later on um, that is, as Harry sort of commonly refers to them, as the have-nots. Because I think we were talking a little bit about this in this meeting. It's come up, too, that anybody with the slightest hint of power is being, like, snatched off. You know, the vampires are just going after anybody that could even vaguely be considered super magical or or wizard like right so it's like we do meet some people that have these very like like lydia had you know one small talent or whatever right <laughs> um and things like that. so yeah we meet somebody that that she's psychic within like a second or two so she can't tell the future but like as you're introducing yourself you know you'll be like hi and i'm like oh nice to meet you tan you know before you actually finish the sentence she's yeah. so i'm like i just wonder i was like is he just this is the difference where he's like a more fully evolved you know wizard wizard i'm like is he just like psychic that he knows or i'm like is this part of his job and the things he's been dealing with and he's got extra tools and tricks that make him a little bit know what's going on i mean i did wonder that when i read it it was like oh because i was like yeah wow. there's obviously something like it's, it's you not know just, something yeah, i was gonna say it's not just pure coincidence you know but i was yes. like i just don't know where that's part of his own natural talent or part of his like the job resume gave it to or him, something. Yeah. yeah exactly because you will learn later on that he's got different like in D D, where you've got race abilities and class abilities you know yeah exactly so yes or she- basically your self abilities or your job abilities <laughs> yeah exactly yep but anyway, so yes, conveniently, all of a sudden, boom, what messenger? What are you talking about? I like the oh, gatekeeper also. <laughs> the gatekeeper's standing behind a uh, cartoon, too, and he's just like, okay, if they keep arguing for 11 more minutes, this guy's going to show up right on time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for right. seven more minutes, this guy's going to show up right on time. They keep arguing for three more minutes. Nice! My he time! Already knows. He already knows how long they're going to argue Great. for. Well, I've got to say something really vague. One vague, one one vague sentence minute. just to delay this for one minute. <laughs> like, love my job. <laughs> Total wizard. <laughs> Rain toes. What? And in his head, he's like, 45, 44, 43. Yep. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> So, yes, Ancient Mai, this is my messenger. I sent him to the winter. You might have heard me ten minutes say that he never returned. This is his return. What information do you have, messenger? What did you learn from winter? But he's not looking good either. Yeah, he's fucked up. Winter fucked him up. Yeah, big time. Yep. Just apparently because they they can do that. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so yeah, found out he got chucked out of a car and dumped, and they were going to take him right away for help, and he freaked out, so they brought him into Mai first. And I guess it's a good thing they did. So she talks to him in presumably Mandarin or something, or is it just Chinese? Whatever, anyways. Um, 
Mai has a conversation with him in that and then translates for everybody else. Um, so Queen Mab bade him tell the council she, were, she will permit them travel through her realm, provided one request is fulfilled. And we learned last chapter already when she introduced said that Titania was just like, dude, I'm out. I'm not taking sides. I'm not getting involved. I'm not granting you permission through my lands, right? So they're <laughs> like... So they have no choice now. This is their last Theory bet that they were. This yeah. is yeah, all the right. So they they need Mam's permission because again, like you say, it's the easiest way for them to travel um, without blowing everything up and killing them and all the people around them. Thanks, wizards. So uh, yeah. So then they're like, okay, well, fine. Like, what's the request? And she's like, he says we already know. She's like, uh, Mab already talked to someone, and that someone knows, but we don't know who that someone yeah. is or what the request Somebody is. Somebody on the council. And, uh, yeah. Justin's like, oh. Shit. Yeah, and so they all immediately pull off to converse these these the, the senior? senior council or whatever, right? Is and, and I just love this. Like Harry just turns back around to his table and just thump thump thump. It's like bangs on the table and it's like oh damn it, fuck damn it, my damn it. life. <laughs> <laughs> when it rains, it pours. <laughs> toads. And apparently, it pours toads. Yeah, even better is the gatekeeper abandoning the senior council just to come ominously stand at Harry's like, shoulder. <laughs> seven feet up in the sky, <laughs> Harry like slumped over the table. In his bathroom. Yeah, his bathroom. Like, hey buddy, something to share with the class? <laughs> it's like, wait, everybody else is discussing this and you're just bashing your head into the table. Weird. I feel like you know something we don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, he's like, uh, so you know about this whole Reign of Toads things, hey? And, uh, he's like, yeah, means trouble. He's like, you can just tell, it's like his, his, the, um, cowl to his hood is still up. And he's like, I can still tell he's just, like, half laughing at me. Like, there's just a smile, and he's like, trouble, huh? You don't say. So, uh, yeah, so he's like, so yeah, so they have a nice little exchange there. Will you, will you answer me one question honestly, Dresden? He's like, like and then, I love how Dresden's kind of like, I don't know what the fuck this is, I don't really want to, but at the same time he's like, but you know what, you're holding my balls in your hand right now, because you're, you're the last one left to vote. <laughs> and this literally, so you know what, I'm sure, what's the question? I will do my best to answer it. <laughs> And, uh, yeah. Has He's like, have chosen an emissary. Emissary. <laughs> <laughs> That's Maeve later that asks about his emissions, okay? It's not Mav. <laughs> um, yes. Has Mav chosen an emissary? And he's like, I really struggled not to let anything show, but apparently I suck at that because he was instantly like, uh, you're like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, Dresden really re- realizes the full Im- impact of Mab's plan for him, and, and so he does admit to the gatekeeper Mab's intentions. He's just like, okay. Set yeah, me right yeah, up for yeah. the start. No wonder she was so positive that I'd take the case is because she knew she'd set it up, so I had to. As usual, as always, as anything and everything to do with fairies. And I love how he'll, like, go out and warn people. You know, he's like, Susan, don't look at her. Don't talk to her. Don't give her your name. But you will constantly keep <laughs> stepping in it with that. I'm like, I understand it's, it's you know, after that first time, it's really hard to get back out again, Harry. But it's like, you know better. And you keep hoping, well, maybe this time I've done it. Like, I closed off all these loopholes with Mab. Maybe, oh, nope, nope. I'm counting on that. Nope, Okay. <laughs> The gatekeeper breaks it down for Dresden, why Mab might want a human emissary, and finally explains it's all about balance. 
Minnie awkwardly asks what the date is. <laughs> June 18th is the reply. Kind of random. Yeah. Like, oh. Any insight to what the significance of the date? Solstice. Solstice. Ah. June 21st. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. That's why I asked no, these questions. Okay. Give it another right. page or two and it'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> we're not that, we're not Actually, that smart. It takes a little while yet to come Maybe. up with, but... Yes, it, it doesn't really explain, but yeah, I was going to say that's the only thing I know about the end of June is that that's Summer when this is coming. That is when, yeah. Um, yeah, so also they're having this whole conversation and they're listening, so they're speaking extra quiet so that only yes, like, table, Harry's table can't works. hear missing your counsel. Like they're both like way under the breath and just. Which I thought was a nice touch because Harry's brought it up since book one that he can listen. Um, we never really see or encounter anybody else because he even says he's like, I don't even know if it's really all that magical or just kind of like something I can really do. extra pay attention sort of a thing that mm-hmm. I can block everything else. But yeah, he's like, I understand you can listen. Let's just <laughs> yeah. our little private cone of silence that so. actually works on like the cone mm. of silence. So, uh, yeah, so they have their little back and forth, and, and, yeah, Gatekeeper just gives them this whole other perspective, you know, he's like, well, we're meddling in her problems, he's like, mm, or he's like, uh, Mab's meddling in our affairs, and he's like, maybe we're meddling in hers. He's like, what? <laughs> yeah. Can I just go home? Yeah, seriously. Seriously. Oh, well, this is one of those conversations that it's like, it will all be revealed at the end, and it's yeah. like, oh, fine. Yeah. Who cares, like, then? Like, just literally, you could give me something Catch right me now, in 300 like, pages, then, fine. Exactly. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so, so then he's like, you're saying I should work for Mab? And so yeah, so he kind of is like, uh, well actually, really actually real quick anything. is that the gatekeeper is like, listen, like, I can't save you from your fate, but I can give you a chance to save yourself from it, right? Yeah. Just to say that to Harry every book from now on. <laughs> Just come back and repeat that to him from now <laughs> until the end of time. Like, it seems really wasted to have used it here, quite frankly. <laughs> like, <laughs> do you know what's coming? Although, to be fair... I guess Mab is at the top of it all, but still, like, do you know what's coming? <laughs> like, now is, now it seems a little early to be giving this particular speech. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's all relevant. Like, wibbly wobbly, tiny wimey. You know, it's just a little bit nice if he's like, "Don't forget this. You're gonna need to remember it every six months for the rest of your life." You <laughs> yeah, know? that's like everything that has happened here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, don't forget still. Victor Self, because apparently he's gonna come back in twenty-five years and be important. <laughs> but uh, so, anyways, your life sucks. Da 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 da. Yes, that's just what the title of all the books should be. <laughs> Harry, your life this sucks. This guy, life Volume sucks. Volume one. <laughs> so anyway, so... And it gets worse. <laughs> <laughs> sucks, sucky or suckiest. Your life sucks, and that's just the start. <laughs> We're starting from bad and going downhill. I'm going to say the book's going to start as adoption, then. <laughs> when your mother died, how about... <laughs> okay. So yeah, so they finally finished their little powwow up on stage because now the Mer- Merlin's getting back to business. He's like, "Hey, gatekeeper, we still have an answer for you. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, can we can we vote this guy out and get on with our lives? Forget like, about that shit, we, real we, quick. We don't even need to figure out what map shit is. Yeah, We're just yeah. gonna turn Harry over and it won't fucking matter. Okay? <laughs> Why are we wasting time on this? Bitch? Why are we wasting time on this? So weirdly, he uh. He decides to say, well, let's let Dresden figure it out then. That'll prove if he can figure out what Mab wants and what this mysterious request is, then that'll show that he's loyal to us. It'll show that he's willing to put himself ahead of the group because this is not, like, this is not going to be an easy thing. (laughs) You know, he's kind of screwed if he does, screwed if he doesn't. So if he's willing to play ball, um, and then he's like, and if he, you know, and then, yeah, that's when Ebenezer's like, well, what if he can't? Like, you want the youngest wizard to go out there? And he's like, well, maybe then your affection or whatever is misplaced. Maybe he's not such hot shit after all. If he goes and gets himself killed, well, 
you know, maybe he didn't deserve to be a full-time wizard, and now he's dead, and hopefully the vampires will leave us alone anyway. So, you know, one way or the other, one side's going to come out, right? So, yeah, so... Um, Ebenezer's not real impressed about it. No, he's, quite, he's like, what? That's a death sentence. Yeah. Like, why don't you he's, just kill him now? Exactly, right? He's like, how is he... And this is where he's, you know, the youngest guy's like, how is he possibly supposed to figure out what the hell map of all right. people? And not just of all people. I'm like, she ain't a people? And she's like the head not people. <laughs> you yeah. know? It's like the fucking queen of winter. This jackass is supposed to figure it out. Like, One of are, the queens of fairy. It's like, <laughs> y'all are debating whether he, like, can be a wizard. And I'm like, you want to throw him into, like, yeah. mega, right? Um, and, and really, Ebenezer's like, I said not kill him. <laughs> yeah, he's like, that's kind of what I'm trying to not throw I know it walls. seems like we're on, like, just two sides of the same coin, but my coin is actually a lot smaller than this. <laughs> I just don't want to kill him. <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah, so Dresden does, admits to turning Mab down earlier that day, and he, he realizes his choices are really, like, be, like, his fate is between the vampires or the fairies. Like, he's he's a rock and a hard place. Like, there's yeah, big no time, winning for him, really. Be damned if you don't. Exactly. And I love this. I was kind of like, uh, Ebenezer, uh, Ebenezer, uh, like, how is she supposed to figure out how do we let her? And then he's like, wait, what? He's like, uh, okay, yeah, so I do. But I just <laughs> love, and he's like, she did come, she did ask. I told her no. <laughs> and they're like, now, now it's Ebenezer's. Which, to be fair, now it's Ebenezer's turn to pound his head against the wall. To be fair, the Red Court came and asked, and he said yes, and they're all pissed about that. But now he's supposed to be saying yes to Mab. They just said like, "Don't get involved if you don't want to be involved, bitch." And he's like, "All right, I don't want to be involved." And they're like, "Motherfucker, you go be involved right the fuck now." Yeah, pretty much right. Well, she did say. You know what? There was a a war with Red. I, Let's I, also I go to war with Winter. Yeah, all right. No problem. So we get a hell's bells out of Ebenezer. He's like, oh, fuck away, life. Goddamn kids. I'm so fucking done. <laughs> you know what? I hope you do die. It's like, it's like what's he saying? They met up in the parking lot. He's like, well, the last time I missed one of these, they stuck me with this dumbass apprentice. So now I don't dare miss one, you know? And he's like, fuck Harry. <laughs> Ebenezer, I'd actually like to vote the other way. <laughs> you know what? Can I use their take backs? I, I would like a moment to reconsider. <laughs> So with the gatekeeper's influence, Dresden accepts working with Mab. Yeah, because it's the lesser of the... It's it's, it's either possible death or instant death. (laughs) You know, so he's like, well, let's just delay the inevitable and let's try and avoid it just in case. I've worked my way out of bargains with Faye before. I I can do it again. How much worse can Mab be than Leah? Surely she'll ask me to pass her the salt at least once. (laughs) At least once, and boom, just like that. I fulfilled my obligations. (laughs) So, yeah, so that's basically it. So, I, I basically, he says it as deals went, it blew. <laughs> it's like, uh, I can either, if I didn't play with the fairies and come out on top, the council would serve me up to the vampires. And the former might get me really, really killed, and the latter would probably certainly kill me as well, or the latter would certainly kill me as well, and probably more than that. So. Yeah, but like he says, it's like, well, it's the only way, it's the, on- the only game in town right now. So Justin says, yep, I will do it. This concludes our episode 9.5, The Swing Boat. Thank you for listening. You can find us online at freeflowrambling.com and mackinallys.ca. There we have links to our other podcasts, social media, and other fun tidbits. Please subscribe if you like what you're hearing. And please consider supporting us through Patreon to keep the magic alive to see more content. We are Free Flow Rambling. Ponder by it at your own risk.